Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside John. Hello. And Aaron. Hi. <laughs> I, I, There's I, two of us and you forgot who we were. I completely, you know what, I'm I'm so used to doing the, the intro with Dave first and, it, you know, I'm just so stuck in my ways that whenever, because Dave's not here, kind of threw me today. Dave's um, not here, man. Dave's not here. Dave's not here. <laughs> um, what is that from? Anyway, I don't know. Um, Hello, um, how are you both doing? Uh, John, how are you? Good. Well, unless you change your wow, name, Wow, I managed to say that without even yeah, moving exactly. my lips. John, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, you are... Finally, finally out of COVID protocol today. I, I uh, was... I was just about to say we uh we are a week late or we're a week behind on an ep- on our episode and uh, we should have been we should have been scheduled to have an episode out last week but uh between you getting covid uh and falling ill from covid and me with some kind of mysterious 24 hour illness of some description um we uh decided to postpone it and move back a week um so yeah we're fine Did here. you get out for any of the sun Marty? Like we had we had this kind of mini nice sunny weekend is it me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was at a whole weekend. I wasn't in the house at all. Um, I think the whole weekend. Yep, both, both days outside. I saw my Shorts wife was on. like Billy and John on Twitter. <laughs> She's trolling, absolute expert trolling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I missed every single good weather day that we had um, from a week past Sunday, and I went out today, and it rained, and it was two degrees. It rained. Oh, it did rain. Yep. It did rain. And Aaron, how are you doing? I, when I the first time I got COVID, man, uh, it was back last July, and that was the the week that we had the really like insanely good weather. So it was like the week that we had like thirty odd degrees, and there was me with the fever, like with you know the the not the like with COVID back then. It was like you know no taste, no smell, the mad fever. I'm just in bed, not doing anything for a week. And with that heat, it was not fun. Mm. I can imagine. Yep. Can imagine. Even like, thankfully, I didn't lose my sense of taste, didn't lose my sense of smell. Although, with some of the food that my father in law was sending up for me, I kind of wish I had. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was stuck in a room that basically I can more or less touch the two walls while I'm sitting in the middle of the room. And basically, didn't I didn't leave the first floor of the house for 10 days. Like, it was brutal. Rough. Rough. So, are we sponsored by Greg's? At this point, I think we're sponsored by COVID. The amount we've talked about it at this <laughs> point, but uh, no, we're we're not sponsored by Greg's. There is a story to go with this. If my my brother in law Kalen is is watching, he we, would be very angry with me right now for wearing this. But uh, tough, you left it. It's mine now. We should also say we should uh, explain that for those who aren't watching the the uh, visual podcast, shall we say, on YouTube, John is uh, has turned up tonight for our podcast recording, rocking a a Greg's uh, hoodie. Um, I genuinely was surprised whenever I found out where the hoodie came from. I just thought, wow, Greg's are selling their own merchandise it's, it's, now. Uh, it's an interesting career change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, interesting career yeah. We should probably say, re- in the fairness of balance, that other sausage rolls are available. I was going to say, is it like Boozum? You buy 10 sausage rolls, you get a free hoodie? I wish. If it was just 10 sausage rolls. <laughs> Imagine the size of me. I would have a full wardrobe. Uh, Aaron, uh, how have you been doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I got to enjoy that weather and out in the garden and 
loving life. That was it. That was as and again, apologies to John for my wife trolling him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I um, th- 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 this weekend was one of those weekends with uh, on uh, I was at the game on Friday with uh, uh, Dave joined me for the game on Friday. There was a game in the other same Friday night or an SSC same Friday night, and then the game on Saturday night. Um, and the SSC was um, not a mad dash because of obviously the weather was that good, but like, yeah, it was one of those ones where unfortunately, because the weather was so good, I, my wife was all like, mm, Do you remember the things we've been putting off? in the back backyard getting and i was like oh no i'm gonna power hose this weekend aren't i um so yeah my saturday was <laughs> such <laughs> a middle-aged thing so middle-aged He's like what, what did you do with that good weather well you know i did a bit of power hosing, power hosing. Yeah. And, and, and i'm sure I, I was asking you for that what was it called a scraffer a scraper for my i want to i want to so take sad, care of I my lawn a scar, you wanted a scarifier now okay scarifier that's what i wanted Welcome along to the Door 14 Turf Maintenance Podcast. Um, Did you not have a turf podcast in work? No. Was that not a thing? I did a video that was about bogs. And by bogs, I mean peatland. I didn't have a toilet podcast or a a toilet YouTube channel. Uh, Now, if you want toilet um, content, you want to go to my brother-in-law's Rate That Lou on Instagram. Um, And he does do some excellent toilet reviews. No way. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, we're sorry, we're totally going down the rabbit hole here. We are gonna talk about hockey at some still, point. Still still my idea. No no, hold on, we have to we have to talk about rate that Lou. This yep. is a real thing? No. Oh yeah, yeah. Rate, I- rate that Lou on Instagram is uh, my brother in law Kalen, who normally when he's got a couple of drinks in him, um uh, to be fair, will take photos of toilets uh be that like the urinal or the, the overall ambience and it gives them a rating uh, he gives them a rating love it uh, on how nice they were how how poor they were how the the products that were available were um so yeah it's, it's I, well worth a look i i'm i'm gonna claim if dave was here he would uh, agree with me that i i i got copyrighted i was going to copyright this idea back in about 2000 and nine i want to say we were whenever we were in nottingham we used to do uh, for for about two or three years in a row me and dave and dave's brother andy used to do the uh fly in and fly back out again into nottingham for the the belfast giants nottingham games so we used to just go in get a flight in didn't get a hotel just stayed up all night drinking went back to the airport and i flew back home the next morning at like six o'clock in the morning and that was the the thing we had said just to prove it there it is there rate that he's just got one more follower on Instagram. Oh, wow. And I had said something like this would be really handy in Nottingham, especially when you don't have a, a hotel room because you're like, where's the best toilets, you know, in Nottingham not, not, to go not, to? Not, 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 the, no. not the toilet experience I have in Nottingham. No. Okay. That's a, that's a story for another time. Though. Let's move on to our, our normal uh, scheduled um, informi- uh, stuff that we usually go for in this podcast. Our, our hugely informative podcast about ice hockey. <laughs> um, guys, let's start as we always do um, and let's do a quick roundup of uh, the standings across the uh, the leagues, both in the Elite Ice Hockey League as well as the NHL across the pond. Starting first in the Premier Sports Elite Ice Hockey League, uh, sitting in first place is the Belfast Giants with 48 games played and 76 points. Sheffield Steelers are in second with 46 games played and 72 points. Cardiff are in third with 48 games played and 64 points. Followed by Nottingham in fourth, 47 games played, 51 points. Coventry are fifth with 46 games played, 44 points. Glasgow Clan are in sixth with 47 games played, 44 points. Dundee Stars in seventh with 45 games played, 43 points. Guildford in eighth with 47 games played and 42 points. And propping up the league, uh, similar to the last episode, Manchester in ninth and Flyers in tenth. Um... Let's start at the top of the league. Um, let's look at that important um, running. We are 
two weeks. I want to say three weeks left of the of the um, the the current league. Three weeks. Um, it's coming down very. It's coming into a very tight. Uh, number of games obviously Belfast Sheffield and Cardiff have already cemented their place into the playoff final weekend or no play, not playoff final weekend sorry the playoff quarterfinals um, but at the moment the Belfast Giants and the Sheffield Steelers are still sitting top of the league fighting it out for first place uh, Giants are sitting there at the moment with 48 games played and 76 points which is uh, four points clear of the Sheffield Steelers um, however the Sheffield Steelers have two games still to play um, they've only played 46 um, so um, obviously if, if if it all goes well for Sheffield and Sheffield's favour that would bring them tie if they win those two games that would bring them tie with Belfast Giants although um, that, that I guess it depends on the running we do have uh, three games still to be played between Belfast and Sheffield we should mention that we have a double header in Sheffield next weekend um, that'll be the 8th and 9th of April I believe if I got my dates correct Um and then we have a home game against the Sheffield Steelers on the final weekend of the season um, as well. The Belfast Giants will face off in the SSC Arena against the Sheffield Steelers um, on the you Saturday were, you night. You were close with the dates. It's the 9th and 10th. 9th and 10th. There we go. And it was that weekend anyway. Um, I have family flying in on the 8th. That's what it is. Um, so that's why I kind of remember that date. Well, you can tell them you're busy. And well, watching the Sheffield Steelers webcast. <laughs> a webcast, I know exactly. <laughs> I know um, my wife's my wife's dad is turning seventy five on the Saturday night, so I don't think I can watch the game on the Saturday. Oh, sorry, anyway. turns seventy six next year. <laughs> um, so, John, let's go to you first. Um, we have obviously it's a still a very exciting tight race there um, at the top of the league, um, Giants and Steelers. Um, you know what's what's your thoughts in terms of um, you know the running? Um, as I mentioned, three games still to play between the two of them. Um, that'll be the big setter. Look, without uh, without a doubt, like you look at the run-ins um, for each team. So um, Sheffield and Belfast both have um, three games against each other. Um, the rest of the fixtures, Sheffield have a lot of games against Manchester or against uh, Manchester. Sorry, yeah, they have three games against Manchester um, still to play. They do have a game against Nottingham. Um, now, if Nottingham can play the way that they did here last weekend on Friday, um, then they could do us a massive favour by taking two points um, potentially I would even take one point at this point if they could get an overtime win uh, and take something from the Steelers that would be fantastic and put us back in the driving seat um, as far as it goes uh, the Giants when you look at their fixtures um, obviously again with the, the three against Sheffield uh, but we only have three other games um, we have Glasgow coming up uh, this weekend here uh, we have Guildford a couple of days later um at home as well, I think on the Sunday, I think that is. And then other than the Sheffield games, which come one after another, uh, we've got Coventry, uh, the last game of the season. Now, I didn't want to bring this up, but remember when um, we weren't on the ice and we won the Elite League because Coventry won mm-hmm, a game? Mm-hmm. Yep, don't, don't. I want to point out that something I've noticed is that um, Sheffield aren't playing on that day and very likely might be sitting in a hotel somewhere while we play the Coventry Blaze. Why, John? Why? Why? I mean, <laughs> look, Why? The, other way, the other way that we see it is Coventry won a game and we won the league. Now we win a game, a game against Coventry and win the league. But to be fair, the way that the point split's going to be, um, Sheffield are currently winning their game tonight um, against uh, Manchester, one of their multiple games against Manchester. It's 1-0 in the second period. Um, so Manchester are keeping them keeping them close, but it's not points I would expect Sheffield to drop out of. Um, it's it's down to the wire, and it's gonna. Co- There's no way of getting around it. It's gonna come down to those three games. Um, 
whoever whoever takes whoever takes four points, if not six points, probably walks mm-hmm. the league. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, um, you know, obviously we've we talked there about you know obviously these important three games that we've got coming up. Um, you know, obviously we've got the double header in Sheffield. It's a tough place to go to to um, and hopefully bring away the four points. But um, you know, do you imagine it might come down to that last Saturday, that last final head to head between Belfast and Sheffield? Like <clears throat> you kind of hope that it doesn't. But how awesome, how awesome of the tense ending to the season would it be? You know. I know you you want you want to walk away from the winning the league like before that, but having that last weekend being the decider, that's that's film making stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's the opportunity to know that you've let's say for example, we take the double header in Sheffield, we take the first win, and then let's say it ends up being an overtime win or something, then there's a mm-hmm. lot riding on that game in Belfast. Um let's say that we win that with other results there's a potential that that's an on the ice league win at that point um say sheffield managed to drop points against nottingham uh you could be looking at a scenario where that's an on the ice win uh, at home in the sse that's that's massive um and i'd like to like aaron says i'd love to have it tied up long before then uh, but yeah. in, given that scenario, there's no better way of, of winning a trophy. We just saw it and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. But there's no better way yeah. to win a trophy than on the ice. Yeah, I would agree. And I think for, for the Belfast Giants fans, um, you know, I don't know if it's just it's been one of those things over the last number of years where the Belfast Giants have won the league title, that it tends to be their one in a bar one um yeah one in a bar you know obviously the year where it was one whenever the bar uh the players and the fans were in a certain bar within nottingham um they were they were there whenever they won that's a family restaurant it's a family restaurant it is indeed sell really good chicken wings um yeah, they do. and um obviously then the 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 end of year se- end of season dinner which was the last one um you know obviously gain in a bar this chance win so they do have a, a history of it but it would be nice to see it actually happen where we actually get to see on it the on the ice and and a home ice as well which we we haven't seen in a while, um. So let's let's hope for that. Um. Let's look. Just having a repeat of what happened. I know that we're probably going to talk about it soon. <laughs> but yeah. what happened last? Like the atmosphere was insane. It spoilers. was amazing. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, guys, let's just look quickly just at the other um other standings just um within the um the league just to kind of just to um get your thoughts and opinions. Um, obviously the the mid table um is still um being hotly contended. Well. I suppose it's the distance between Cardiff and and say Nottingham that sort of thing is quite a big distance and then the distance between Nottingham and Coventry at the moment is quite a big distance as well but um, I mean does it look like that middle part of the table that middle fixture part is kind of settled apart from obviously maybe Coventry, Glasgow and uh, Stars does it look like the the teams are kind of set in terms of who's going through to the playoff quarterfinals would you say um john look there's only there's only one thing that's a complete certainty and that's that five flyers will not five. be making playoffs mm-hmm. um they had one mathematical chance at making playoffs and they had to win i think it was in manchester yep. um last weekend and they didn't so they won't um so they yeah. they're they're locked out they're currently five points behind manchester on the same uh, number of games played and the play the only team who's played less games than them are Dundee and Coventry, who are a long way ahead of them. They're they're not catching them. Nope. So three weeks, three weekends time, five season is over. Uh, they've probably already booked the flights for the players at this point. Um, you look at Manchester though. Um, that Manchester 
Guildford and throw Dundee into that as well, although they do have a couple of games in hand. Um that's that fight for eighth is is big. Um and there's you talk about big games. I talked about Sheffield, they're running and a lot of games against Manchester. Those games for Manchester are massive because if they can come away taking points from the league leaders across the last half dozen games that they've got this season, that puts them in a position that if Guildford slip up, they could very easily slip into that eighth position. So don't count out Manchester right yet because although they've got big opposition, these are big points for them and they could do us a massive favour with a couple of wins. Yep, yep, indeed. They have been playing a bit strangely. Over the last month, they've definitely had you know a couple of good wins, but they've also had some random losses as well. They lost... Who did, they, who did they lose to? Fife? Didn't they lose to Fife? I think a few weeks ago, I think they lost a game to Fife. Um, but look, look at the game that they had against us a couple of weekends ago. Like they, yeah. Right after we lifted silverware here, we had, was it a four or a five goal lead that we squandered in Manchester? I mean, yeah. going to Manchester tight. is not yeah. an easy game. No. And mm. look... <laughs> It maybe says something about the Giants as well. We've seen it a couple of times now that they have maybe gone a couple of goals or four or five goals ahead and have switched off. Yep. Um, it's not what you expect to see from prospective league champions. Um, but again, put it on Manchester as well and put it in the, the rink in Altrincham. It is a difficult place to go and play. It's yep. very much like that Fife barn. It's closed in. It's noisy whenever the fans are in full voice. And again, I bring it back to the fact that Manchester are playing for playoff hockey. Um, so these are these are big games for them. Yeah, and we will keep an eye on that scoreline tonight just um, as we are recording. So if you hear us later on talking about it, you know what we're referring to. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that Sheffield-Manchester game as we go. Um, guys, I'm going to switch across uh, the pond and uh, we'll head over to the NHL and we're going to look... I'm just going to leave the room for this part. <laughs> we're going to look to. first off in the Eastern Conference and the Metropolitan Division. Uh, currently sitting top there is Carolina with 67 games played and 96 points, followed by the New York Rangers in second place with 67 games played and 91 points. Points. and then Pittsburgh in third with 68 games played and 90 points uh, over in Atlantic then uh, we have the Florida Panthers still sitting top with 66 games played 96 points Tampa is still in second with 66 games played 90 points and Toronto are in third with 66 games and 89 points wildcard spots currently uh, are held by Washington and or sorry Boston and Washington you can't Boston. miss out Boston as much as you want to miss out Boston I for know. playoffs you're not allowed we're, to we're going to come back to that in a minute um, we will come back to that in a minute uh, over in the Western Conference Central Division Colorado sitting top there uh, with 67 games played and 100 points Minnesota are in second with 65 games played 86 points and Nashville in third with 67 games played and 82 points uh, Pacific uh, Pacific then uh, over in the Pacific side uh, Calgary are in first with 66 games played 88 points Los Angeles are in second with 68 games played 81 points and Edmonton are in third with 67 games played and 79 points wildcard spots are held by St. Louis and Dallas um, guys we are literally in the last month of the NHL um, as it stands um, the NHL you make it sound like the NHL just stops yeah it just stops <laughs> this, is, this is it this done. is the last season NHL's done it's after done. this season uh, no, the whoever, whoever wins the Stanley Cup <clears throat> keeps it the league, uh, the league there will also finish this month too. Um, usually, we're we're used to having our season here in the elite league. 
finish uh, easily at, at the start of um, like kind of around about this weekend actually it's usually when it, we all our, our hockey easily stops uh, we're in a, a unique we're in a weird position where our season will finish here in the UK around about the same time as the elite, uh, as the NHL's regular season will finish which we haven't seen in a while uh, and we'll get stuck straight into the, the Stanley Cup obviously um, so the wild card spots as they currently stand while um, we've, we've talked about the Stanley uh, the wild card spots previously and kind of said oh you know we're not won't focus too much on them at the moment right now the wild card spots are significantly important however in saying that uh the wild card spots i would say in the eastern conference are kind of i think a, a foregone conclusion they're nailed it's on. definitely gonna be boston um or washington or obviously then toronto or pittsburgh if they fall down into the wild card spot but the next point after that the next person after the next team after that which is columbus are sitting with 69 points compared to the closest one which is 84 points so i think they're nailed on i think that's we can see clearly who the eight teams from the uh, eastern conference will be it's a different story over on the western side um, while Minnesota and Nashville keep switching places, um, keep going in and out um, of the wildcard spots and, and and whatever else, the wildcard spots there are held by St. Louis and Dallas at this time. However, uh, Vegas and Winnipeg are close on the heels of, of St. Louis and Dallas. The only difference being is that St. Louis and Dallas do have about three games in hand over Vegas and Winnipeg. So they could be a big deciding factor. Uh, when it comes to it's not it's not even that you look look at the point spread from oh it's it's so close so close. central and pacific yeah now bear in mind your wild card slot is is sort of between uh sort of both both sides between central and pacific the point spread is so thin you're talking one or two points and any one of the top eight could drop out uh, oh easily you have a bad couple of weeks you could tumble straight out of playoffs yep Oh, massively, and John, you you made you you mentioned it already, um, and and we can't do joke around about it, but you know, obviously that that uh, that fear set in, and um, the fear has set in in terms of you know Toronto, obviously always uh, bogey team when it comes to the playoffs is always Boston, and um, so that is the big fear factor. I the, way, the way it sits, the way it sits right now, you would potentially only meet them in the second round. Second round, surely. yeah, it would be, yeah, it would be uh, the way it currently stands. Um, so you know, um. Let's hope we get to the second round anyway. Um, but I mean, well, what about we should be there. It's I was going to say, it's official. <laughs> it's official. Last night, uh, the Wild put us out. We are eliminated. <laughs> eliminated. I don't. I, I. To be fair, mate. No, I'm. I'm sorry, but I don't think he's even had a chance. Even if they. If no, there's no, no way. You I know. I was it. like. I was like. It was. It's completely a strategy. It was just me, like trying to like hide <laughs> my tears of this complete season. Yeah, this season's not been great, and losing, losing our cap and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, big things, big changes are going to be happening because they need to. Like we so haven't I mean, had a great with losing, with losing Giroud. That I mean, that screams rebuild. Yeah. Oh, totally. It, it has to. Scream. And it wasn't even a good transfer. Like we've we've got is grand, but it was. It seemed like we we give away far too much for what we got. Unless anyway, you're clearing cap space, you must be clearing cap space. At I, this point. I mean, yeah. what, what's he got? Another couple of seasons on his current deal, and then sure, he's he's away. But you must be trying to clear off cap space for a rebuild. Has to be. It's the only yeah. reason you get rid of a franchise guy like, I, I like would, Giroud. I would say it does look that way. Um, I, I kind of you kind of get to the point. You kind of get a feeling sometimes where you know maybe there has been a bit of a tactical kind of decision being made by a team, and you do feel that maybe they're thinking, yeah, we need to think of some way of um, you know. Oh, there needs to be something we need to put in place in order to kind of maybe rebuild and, and look at it. I would say yeah. the, the best... It's sad to see him go, though. Like a thousand games. Of course. Like of course. Massively. Massively. Flyers through and through. Um, I mean... But 
Hey ho. What I would say is, um, you know, uh, we we we've seen a lot of movement and a lot of um, you know, uh, changes over the last week or so. Um, within the NHL, obviously gearing up towards the the playoff run. Um, and I and and Dave's not here, and I'm sure Dave's ears are picked up somewhere, and he kind of realizes we're about to talk about the Minnesota Wild. But, um, I don't know if I'm the only one who maybe thinks that the Minnesota Wild were probably one of the cleverest teams during that recent yeah. trade that the trade trade deals there. I mean, they brought in Fleury which was, I think it's a great move for them to bring in Fleury. But also when they brought it's... in Fleury, they they, came in, they brought in Fleury and they got a deal that I thought was just genius in that... Daylight robbery. They got a Absolute second... They, got a, they, they were able to pick up a second round draft. They were able to pick up a second round draft pick um, from a previous, de- previous trade. And then they went, you know what? We'll sweeten the pot. We'll throw it in, and we'll give that across for our trade for Fleury. And I was like, "Yeah, well, they didn't have it. They were like, you know, it wasn't that wasn't something we asked for in the first place. It was something spare that we had. Out, we'll give it, it away." An out, an out second round pick as well, or is it yeah. a conditional pick? No, it was it was well, it's conditional on Fleury has to be able to play a certain number of games. Um, so I mean, even at that, if he gets injured or whatever, that's an absolute no brainer. I mean, this is a an, a Stanley Cup winning goaltender who, admittedly, is. I'm not going to say he's in the twilight of his career because he absolutely isn't, but he's on the he's on the back nine yeah. at this point, mm. um, to use a golf term that I know, uh, not that I play golf, but he's on the back nine. And is that where that comes from? Interesting. <laughs> it is. It is. We know a guy who would know all about. The more that. you know, <laughs> the more you know. Um, but I mean that that's a statement for playoffs. That's a statement signing for playoffs uh, that I don't think any other team made. Um, so absolutely, and walked out won his first game I don't think it was a shutout now but did you see what he got um, he was the first star of the game but did you see what a, a fan in Minnesota did no so he came out for the, the star presentation did the you know the little skate out skate back that they do from the tunnel yeah. and uh, someone someone threw a bunch of flowers on the ice for him of course yeah. of course they did yeah, threw, threw a bouquet onto the ice so he went and picked it up and gave it a wee wave yeah, I think that was a great. I think that was one of the the great uh, the greatest pickups during that, that trade deal trade deadline and trade deals there that were happening. Um, it was a bit of a fl- flurry, a flurry of, of trades, flurry um, of activity. Yay! Um, but I think yeah, I mean, I think they definitely pulled off a a, um, a, a great a great trade deal. Um, John, just move, before we move on, let's get your thoughts. Obviously, we're heading up. To, as I say, we're in the final the final throws of the NHL uh, run. Obviously, the Na- Nashville are, are in a good place at this time. I mean happy enough you think you know content that there's going to be a playoff run for you i mean we're in a good place now and i don't hold anything uh, until we're actually in there like i said that that western conference is just the bloodiest conference like within the nhl um and like me and dave talk about it all the time it is an absolute bloodbath we're only on a two-win streak as opposed to the Wild, who are sitting above us in second place in the West, and they're on a seven-win streak. Um, and let's say, you turn that around, you go a seven-loss streak at this point in the season, especially in the West, you've got no playoff hopes at all. Um, so you really need to be putting results together. Um, now, admittedly, decent result against the Flyers a couple of nights ago. Um, I think we're next up against Washington, if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um that's a tough game. Uh, whether we come through on that, Jussie Saros is is firing. He is starting to fire. The only problem is sometimes he he does give up some some stupid goals. Um, but thankfully, a couple of our forwards are really really producing at this point, producing franchise records for point production from um, I think from 
Tanerjano, uh, I think is is up there um, just now. He got his Gordy Howe against uh, the Flyers as well the other night, which was, uh, you'll love to see it. Uh, I think I got an assist in the first, a fight in the second, and a goal in the game-winning overtime goal uh, as well to take the, the victory, which is fantastic. Or sorry, it was a third period, a late third period goal. Uh, it was for the win to, to round out his Gordy Howe hat-trick. So, look, we're getting the results now and I'll take them while they're coming. What about you, Marty? What about the Leafs? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Leafs are, well, I would say now we're, we're solidified it for at least that first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs anyway. Um, we, we talked, obviously, about the, we've, we joked around there about, obviously, the Boston Bruins um, and about how that tends to be the bogey team when it comes to the playoff run. Um, we did have, obviously... We did defeat Boston Bruins on on Tuesday night, which was last night actually. Um, but I don't know if you've seen. Uh, we're going to talk about it actually later on in period two when it comes to the penalty box segment. So I won't talk about it too much right now. Um, but we came out of that game, although we beat Boston six four. Uh, we came out of that game worse off. I mean, I think we came out with, with three injuries in total um, for three key players. I mean, it's it's tough when you're coming in towards this, this last end of the the playoff run. Um, the only thing I would say is I was quite surprised. Um, and I was talking to Dave about this on Friday in that, you know, when it comes to the playoff, it comes to the playoff run, you know, you see these other teams all making moves and, and everything else to kind of, you know, look towards the trade, the trade deadline and see what everything's going to happen. And for some reason, you know, the, the Maple Leafs didn't really, went well, um, well, they, they made a few interesting ones. Um, I suppose future considerations was one area, um, but we traded defenseman obviously um, Bega to you guys to Nashville, um, if I remember correctly, for future consi- future considerations, which basically just means that we have a, a space ready to go in case we like. Oh, we like the look of that person. We'll take them from you, um, and also then um, you know. So it's kind of an interesting one. Um, or was it Marley's? No, it was Leafs. Yeah, the Leafs made that move, um, and and then the Marley the Marley's then obviously then obviously. We're got another part of that deal um, because in Nashville, obviously, I, I don't know how the deal worked, but there was a thing to do with there was a however the, the deal worked. The, the Marlies then ended up with a player from Nashville too. I think it was part of that double Probably deal. Probably someone from RAHL. Yeah, Philippe Myers um, was part of that deal as well. From, I think he came from Milwaukee. Um, the defense and went through to the Marlies. So it's quite an interesting one. Um, but yeah, there wasn't it wasn't as big of of a of a of a rush as I thought there was gonna be. Um, so it'd be interesting to see them. Obviously, obviously, um, Keith Keith are, um, um, the the lesser known Keith, uh, the less popular Keith. Um, he obviously knows what he's playing with. You know, he knows what he's got. Um, and I think he must be content enough. Um, not to have made any bigger deals than than what they've done. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, guys, with that, what we'll do is we'll um, round off um, that intro, our, 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 our preamble talk, our pre-show. Um, and what we'll do then is we'll get smithly moved into our period one of hockey. Okay, our period one is a roundup of all the stories that are um, of interest for here in here close to home in the UK. Um, so, any stories from right across any of the leagues um, represented in the UK, um, guys? Our uh, our our period one is dominated by. Um, basically one main team and also one main story um since our previous podcast we should have had this podcast last week uh, which would have been very closer it would have been a lot closer um to the time of the actual win but we are 
slightly removed from from it. But um, since our last episode, since our last episode, we were talking prior to our last episode about how excited we were about the build up towards the Challenge Cup final, which seen the uh, Belfast Giants take on the Cardiff Devils um, in the SSA Arena for a Giants home um, Challenge Cup. Um, how 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 did it go, uh, John? How did how did that, how did that, how did that game go? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> That's why I asked. Um, I, remember, our- I remember walking in. I remember walking into the SSE, and uh, then someone tells me I got home at about three o'clock. Um, Aaron, um, do you have a better memory of how that how that night went? Awesome! What a, what a night! What a night! Um, do you yeah. know the only reason I knew that we'd actually uh, we'd actually won that game is because I've got a video of the moment David Goodwin lifted the trophy on my phone. <laughs> I'm actually impressed that you were able to turn, like, point your phone at the ice and like activate the camera. I was also clearly standing in the stairs. I'm surprised I didn't fall forward and end up going through the plexi. Um, and what ended up being a very, actually, quite tense game, the Belfast Giants beat Cardiff Devils in overtime to uh, secure the 2022 Premier Sports Challenge Cup. Um, around 7,000 7, spectators, I think, in total at the arena. Um, practically a sellout crowd. I think actually they did announce it as a sellout crowd. Um, I think it was sold out. Um, the Giants, it was, I mean, it was a great game. I mean, for an actual, like, for the game itself. Uh, it was such a tight game. It was not. A, it was not an easy game to watch. In terms of, it was a great game to watch, but it wasn't an easy game to watch. If that makes sense. Second period. Of, second period was such a. Oof, oh, it was. It, it was just one of those games where it's just like you know it was just a, a real back and forth battle between both teams, um you know and and it, it took to four four minutes and eighteen seconds into overtime um for uh, a combination of Ben Hook uh, sorry Lewis Hook and Ben Lake I just mixed the two names together um uh, basically Lewis put, Lake and who's Ben <laughs> yeah, Lewis Lake and, and Ben <laughs> Hook um able to help um uh, as a duo put that put that puck just across the line and, and finish off um Let, to, let's not like I do I do actually remember a lot more of this game um than i let on <laughs> let's let's not take away from that third period from the belfast giants that no, the first period was was chippy i mean yep. both teams found their way into that game second period there's no getting away from it the devils absolutely owned the second period um they absolutely had us on the run and took a 2-0 lead um but less than three minutes it took for the giants to come back 42-13, the first goal was scored uh, by Lewis Hook. Uh, and then 45-08 was the, the tying goal by David Goodwin. Um, so in less than three minutes uh, in that second period, we went from being two goals down and looking down the barrel of a shocking home defeat in a final to going through to the what we what we had confirmed mere hours before as five on five 20 minutes of overtime um but thankfully it sudden actually death it took, it took less it took sudden less death. than a normal overtime period anyway um and uh, the goal was put in ben lake put the put the game winning goal through and the arena went and was that confirmed because there was confusion on the so night on the night it was um now there was nothing i don't think any of us checked our phone and it was officially on think on flash scores was put down as lewis hook but it was a, a tap-in um, on the line from Ben Lake, and it was Ben who scored the game-winning goal officially. Yeah. 
I mean, and just, after that, that's where my memory stops. <laughs> it was just a <laughs> just in general. I mean, the night itself, the the atmosphere was fantastic. The Cardiff fans, you know, they they you know, fair play to them. They they travelled over as well. I know there was a few. I know prior to that game, and on one of the, on the last podcast we talked about it, there was a lot of, uh, I suppose, not outrage. I suppose there was a lot of um, discontent. Discontent, shall we say, about the decision that had been made, and, and a lot of a lot of the fans had said about, oh, it's not fair. We have to travel over. Blah blah blah. But I like to think that a lot of the Cardiff fans. Fans who um, who did make it over enjoyed that, and also the fact that it was St Patrick's Day the next day, and hopefully made the most of that too. Um, it was a fantastic night. I mean, and and also we should mention as well um, the SSE. Um, fair play to the SSE; they have opened up the the brand new bar um, off ice um, downstairs in the. <laughs> you had a better Still idea. No, I don't agree. I think it's I think it's, it's a good name, it's but name. it's a good name. But then when John mentioned the name he had in his head, I was like, you know what? Actually, I felt that made more sense. But no, was ice your in. was your idea not on ice? No, ice in, ice in, ice in, ice in. Someone said on ice, and I was like, what? Um, no, but I mean, yeah, on the... ice doesn't make any sense. Off ice <laughs> makes more sense than on ice. Yeah, but ice I in. know. <laughs> But it, it makes more sense whenever it was expanded. It used to be an office space, so you know it, it makes more sense. It's so. just a terrible reason to call it that. I mean, <laughs> um, but then we know did did your did your uh, if you not confirm that it was like where the beer used to be stored. Part of it was, but the other around the other side was an office, the far side where we weren't used to be the like main um, arena offices. Kiefer's yeah. office, I think, is what he said was in there. Um, anyway, the 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 bar had opened just for that one night especially for that one night and it will reopen again I think so as of next week again in April in April apparently. I think yeah um, and it's it's so a great space um, very impressed um, what a bar yeah the, the bar is absolutely fantastic amazing horseshoe shaped bar it's great splits the middle of the, the space um, loads of taps loads of staff were on that night as well for the number of people that were in there like you didn't wait more than a couple of minutes nope. to get your beers it no. was fantastic and, and like and, the effort put into that is just astonishing can i also just note the beer was cold what it was it was <laughs> it was cold and it didn't taste like antifreeze and it had an actual head on it it did just gonna say it did just there were many many just, good things that the, happened that the small night. things the small things the beer was cold <laughs> the trophy was lifted um but yeah no it was a great night um we do hope obviously to uh recapture that night um with the with the um with the league uh, trophy come the end of this season so i mean can you fingers imagine, crossed can you imagine doing it again can you imagine I hope. that sort of atmosphere again i hope i know i will be there on the, the final two games of the season um i will not be missing them so um hopefully i'll see you guys there as well maybe um guys i'm gonna move us on to our next story um i think they are john i think they're wait what was the what was the what were you down what were you down thumbing <sighs> for are me, you not gonna be there that was me confirming that i um no i think i think I'm going to be there for the last official home games of the season um, for the league. I Fingers are still crossed. Uh, so you may not be at Sheffield game in the Coventry game? No, I think I will. I think I will okay. make that one, but I'm definitely not going to be at the uh, playoff game. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, but I need to I need to confirm there might still be an outside chance that I'm not at the Sheffield and uh, Coventry games. Shocking. Um, Shocking which Tom. is... Of course, going to be absolutely horrific if I have to sit and watch that in a webcast. But on the plus is... side, on the plus side, though, I get a free game because I'll get your season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. So the other the other stories are uh, over on uh, the other side, the team that uh, we hope loses every game uh, in the running. Uh, but this is Sheffield. 
so Sheffield made a couple of big announcements um, over the last week or so. Uh, the first one was that uh, the Sheffield Steelers have signed up their coaching duo in Aaron Fox and Carter Best and Will for an additional three seasons. Um, so obviously Tony Smith likes what he sees from uh, this Sheffield team who are for well, first time in a couple of seasons, really, are really in there for a league title. And look, at one point, they were in a position where people thought they were just going to walk every trophy. Um, yep. And given given these guys a, a few seasons, that, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Um, I think Tony would be would be daft for, for dropping out. Given a, a couple of seasons of uh, sort of changes there... Um, Especially with the likes of was it Barrasso was in there before and really, I mean nothing really clicked uh, for Tom Barrasso when he was in Sheffield. But Aaron Fox and uh, Carter Best and Will definitely uh, have uh, steadied that shaky, shaky ship made of Sheffield steel, uh, and it hasn't sunk yet. So uh, good, good luck to them. I hope they they win nothing and come second in every competition they enter. Um, the second announcement from Sheffield was that. Um, the Steelers and the Sheffield City Council have uh, made a seven-year deal uh, to stay um, in Sheffield Arena, in the Utilitya Arena, I think it's called now. Um, so again, I mean, it's it's all coming up roses in Sheffield at this point. Um, they've got a, a home signed up for at least the next uh, seven years, seven seasons, um, and a coaching duo that are there for nearly half of that uh, as well. So I mean that's that's got to give the the fan base in Sheffield a, a a big boost knowing that they've got home ice and they've got a a good coaching staff uh, on board. So I can know you joke about having you know the hope they come second and all that, but it's great having other teams like Sheffield and Cardiff that are are really help push the the league and help push the the teams. Uh, that you know the, I mean, your team isn't just walking every yeah. single game. Don't don't discount as well how big the news of the the home deal is for the utility arena with the council because yeah. not every team has that. We take it for granted here uh, in Belfast because our ownership is effectively the ownership of the ice as well. There's never a question that we've got home that we've got home ice that we've got the ability to play hockey here in Belfast where we want to be playing it. Um, the likes of Sheffield, even Cardiff, I think to an extent they don't have that same relationship. I don't think anywhere outside of some of the ranked teams has that relationship. Um, like you're, you're looking at the likes of Fife and um, I think maybe Manchester. Um, there's like closer links between rank management and ownership and team ownership and management to have that in an arena is, is massive. And to get that sort of agreement for Sheffield, that's, that's huge. And look, the league doesn't continue without a team like Sheffield. Uh, it doesn't carry on without the likes of Sheffield, uh, Cardiff, Nottingham, Belfast, um, and to a lesser extent, places like Coventry. Um, without those teams, we don't have an elite league. So this is, it's not just securing the Great future news. of the Sheffield Steelers, it's securing the future of the elite league as well. Yeah, agreed 100%. I mean, um, you know, Aaron, I agree with what you were saying there. You know, obviously we, we do give Sheffield a bit of a stick because obviously they are our closest rivals at this time. Um, but it is, you know, when you when you, when you you read a story about this, when you see a story where both a, you know, as a team themselves, you know, they do, they do their part for really pushing forward the, you know, the, I suppose the, 
ice hockey in the uk you know they push forward that and you know they make sure that it, they're it's the forefront of what they do so you can always it's always a bad you know it's always positive um but also to have as john said there you know the arena to have to know that the arena is backing you for such a long time to know there's security happening there you're always happy to hear that a team is secure um because that's the worst thing you want to hear is a team where you know there is a bit of insecurity think about this time last year where we were talking about the the glasgow clan and um, we talked about at the start of the season too there was a whole big uncertainty with the glasgow clan in relation to their arena the fact that it was fall, uh, they they did hadn't secured um you know the ownership and stuff because of the whole trade uh, buyout um of the actual like um ice rink and and the, the shopping center and stuff there so <clears throat> it's great to see seven year investment um and i i did read that they're they the plan that they are having the plan they have in place is to kind of make it more of a it's kind of similar to what uh, i think what um i think uh, I suppose uh, no, uh, Fitzpatrick always says here um, is that the arena is it's it's Belfast Giants home arena that sometimes has a gig at it, you know, and that's what he always kind of sold it as, you know, it's it's a it's an ice hockey home, but it's a get it it a kind of guest 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 hosts like you know the odd music concert you know that kind of thing and i think the idea that sheffield had was well from what i'm reading and i don't know if maybe i'm i'm reading too much into it but from the sounds of things like tony was saying about like you know that, that they hope that something quite similar can happen there as well and that sheffield and them will focus on how that that fan experience and what it's going to look like and how to make it more of a of a, of a home for the Sheffield Steelers moving forward, so be interesting to see what happens happens there. Um, I did I did note um, it was just something that was quite interesting at the weekend was um, we were we were in the arena and um, and the reason why I'm talking about it is because how about John you'd mentioned about how lucky people are whenever they do have you know such such strong bonds with the arena or this place that they're playing in, and um, I think it was very clear at the weekend with the Nottingham fans in the arena. Uh, we were at the bar and. Um, Dave was using the season ticket discount and one of the Nottingham fans was like sorry sorry so, what, what and we're like yeah yeah, yeah you get no way really you get percent you get percentage discount on like your beer and, and food and stuff at the chat and things and he's like <laughs> they're just like uh <laughs> they were just like they were like really in shock they were just a, they couldn't believe it they were is, just like what is, is not, going on there's not a more toxic relationship between the team the ownership the arena and the fans than there is in Nottingham. Oh like, yeah, I, it, they're down as one of the staples of the league. And don't get me wrong, if Nottingham were to ever disappear from the league, I, I think you'd be, have serious questions about the viability of the elite league. But there is nowhere more toxic. The only place that used to be more toxic was Cardiff, but now, I mean, Nottingham is everything that you wouldn't want as far as a relationship between your team and your fans goes. I mean, it's it's horrendous. Yeah, and it's always in the public eye. Uh, as much as the the Steelers have had their their public fallings out with uh, the fan base and through different things and whatever the the team or people linked with the team have done, consistently you can always be assured that someone in the Panthers organization, normally their ownership, will really really piss off the fans. Yeah, and that's why you know you always as you, as we were saying you know you're lucky if you can build that relationship strong enough. Um, uh, within you know with your with your with your um owners of your rink or if you own it yourself so. like as long as as long as your ownership are quite happy for a fan uh, club to uh, exist then you know you're onto a good thing whenever the indeed. ownership think that a fan club is a problem then yeah you've got bigger problems there um guys before we move on to dops um that takes us that's kind of the end of our main stories that we had for this period but before we move on to um uh, dops and uh, and our um, penalty box segment for period one i just wanted to make one more um just kind of one just one passing um you know obviously just 
um, just want to highlight it, I suppose, something to highlight just um, before we end this period, um, was just that obviously the under-18s, GB under-18s tournament is taking place, uh, will be taking place, it's due to start um, in the next week or so, uh, but at the moment GB Team GB uh, under-18s are taking part in a few warm-up games um, prior to that tournament starting. Uh, first warm-up game was today against, um, uh, and they uh, in Helsinki, I should say, um, where uh, Team GB won the first game there, 9-3. Um, I just wanted to also comment, just I just want to highlight um obviously the the goals goals coming from archie hazel um hazelden um scored two um Kyle Beatty, um, Belfast Giants, Kyle Beatty, and also obviously of, of Giants, Junior Giants and Giants SNL. So he scored one goal. And also Carter yeah, Hamill. And Belfast Giants. And Belfast Giants, yeah. And Carter Hamill, who is not being seen by the, has not played for the Belfast Giants <laughs> yet, but is a Giants SNL player. Carter Hamill scored a hat trick in its part of that game as well. Um, so I just wanted to kind of uh, highlight that um, and, and but say even, congrats even to those better guys. Amongst the, so I, I kept an eye on this one as well. So Belfast, uh, trained players eight points yeah in that game with eight assists points. and goals yeah great fantastic absolutely amazing um so hats off stick taps to those guys um um congrats on a good win so yep. just wanted to mention that before we move on to our penalty box segment <laughs> our other penalty box segment is just a roundup of any stories coming out of dops uh department of player safety or of any hits or anything of note that we need to discuss since our last recording uh john i'm not gonna even um i'm not gonna pretend that i'd put these in because you did it yourself you found these both these stories so uh you take it away yeah it's very very quick guys just to mention uh obviously with the extra week between podcasts we're a little bit behind uh, with this one but dops came out of uh out of hibernation just for a, a couple of days um last week uh, the first one, uh, everyone's favourite head coach at this point, uh, Malky Cameron from uh, the Glasgow clan. Uh, he was fined and suspended for one game following uh, incidents both during and immediately following game 258, the Dundee Stars versus Glasgow clan on the 13th of March. Um, so this was passed through to uh, EIHL Hockey Operations uh, for the EIHL's own disciplinary committee, which deals with issues that fall outside of regular player safety, because uh, obviously DOPS don't have uh, the powers to deal with the coaching staff um, and it was agreed that uh, he would be banned for one game and was fine so he was suspended for the clans game against Cardiff game 230 on the 18th of March um, I'm led to believe that this is down to comments made about the refereeing of uh, the game against Dundee um, so I'm guessing he's probably had something to say to the officials while he's been on the bench uh, it hasn't been enough to maybe throw him out of the game uh, but then I think through his uh, media interviews, uh, he's then made comments uh, with regards to the officiating of the game. Uh, and as such, the league took the decision to ban him for a game and fine him where fines go and how much they are is anyone's guess at this point. Pot noodle. <sighs> Could Absolutely. be. Who knows? Who um, knows? It's probably for the sandwich platter at playoffs for all the owners. It's probably just up for that box there. Um <laughs> The second one then um, was uh, just last weekend, actually, the uh, 26th. Um, so on Friday night, sorry, on the 25th, uh, on Friday night, everyone's favourite Dundee Stars player, uh, Kyle Haas, was assessed a game misconduct penalty and ejected for the, from the game for being third man into an altercation, or sorry, an altercation between uh, Stars player Charlie Combs and Blazes Nathaniel Halbert. Um, saw this one, this took a bit of uh, pasting on social media over the weekend um, it's just Kyle Haas being Kyle Haas I think at this point um, and pretty clear cut, uh, he is the, the third man in, 
Um, he was deemed to be the aggressor in the situation as well. Um, and because he has previously been fined and suspended by the Elite League uh, Department of Player Safety this season, he was adjudicated an extra game, so he was banned for two games. Um, and I think he'll then return this weekend coming. Um, I think he missed the, the last weekend's at least one game. So I think he's got at least one more to, to spend before he comes back into the lineup for the Stars. Um, Murray, that rounds us off on uh, on Dops. Not Perfect. much really to talk about there. Nope. Um, it's quite clear cut. I think they were quite an easy ones to talk about. Um, that takes us then to the end of our period one and we'll move swiftly on to our period two of hockey. Okay, this comes to period two where we talk about uh, international hockey or the Vander Kane period. Um, which <laughs> it's I think the Evander Dave, Kane or, period again. It is the Evander it, Kane period. It, it is the Evander. Tell us about Evander Kane, John. What's going on in, in his world? <laughs> so this this was absolutely brilliant. Um, so Kane um, is obviously he's back playing and uh, he's he's back getting uh, the the odd couple of couple of minutes. I mean he's he's playing big minutes uh, if we're honest for uh, the Oilers. Um, but somehow, and I believe that this is a league record, uh, whatever he did, <laughs> in 8 minutes and 47 seconds of game time, Evander Kane managed to get 8 minutes of penalties. Um, now, you would think, oh, a couple of double double majors, that's, yeah, okay, you could you could see that happening, that's, that's doable. Um, no, no, he managed to get 4 minor penalties across 8 minutes and 47 seconds. So, like, being, being honest, he gets his first one, he then got three more calls within 47 seconds of time on ice. What I mean, were they? What, what did he do? Um, right, so he received a roughing penalty at 19.06 of the second period, came out of the box um, at 1.06 of the third, stayed on the ice, then took an interference penalty at 1.38 in the third, then got out at 3.38, then took a tripping penalty at 4.32... <laughs> So this was le- that was less than a minute uh, later, or a lot less than a minute. And then to cap it off, he then took another tripping penalty at 6.47 after hopping out again at 6.32. So that last one only took him, what, sort of... 15 seconds? Something like that. Yeah. No, less... Yeah, sorry, 15 seconds, yeah. So 15 seconds. 15 so seconds. At no point after he had served a penalty did he manage to get back to the bench. Every time he jumps up into the play... And then costs the Oilers another power play. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll learn next time. You know, in the next game, you know, if he t- takes penalty, the next time he takes penalty, maybe he'll learn. Let's well, mate, you would let's think go straight to the bench. Signal, you'd think the coaching <laughs> signal is come to the bench, come to the bench. I don't care that we're three on one. Come to the bench. I I, I seen the the best one was the there was a a, a tweet put out um, of someone and they used you know the the Simpsons gif. I think it's actually in this. Uh, yes, it's in this live the footage. Grandpa, the live footage. Yeah, yeah the gra- Grandpa Simpson coming in the door and like walking back out again of the the club. Um, that's hilarious. Hilarious. Um, no, that's so good. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we have any other Evander Kane stories though for this period. No, nope. thankfully not. But it's good to have him back. No, it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marty, I think you have a, a lovely story for us. Um, yeah, I'll go with the um, the first story um, that I have for for this period. Um, my only story for this period, I should say. Um, we <laughs> this week uh, the NHL general managers held the, at their annual meeting um, in Florida. 
Um, this is the first one that they've had since 2020 in person. As you say, they, they've done them online, but this is the first one in person. Um, a couple of different things. I suppose there was a couple of things up on the agenda for discussion um, around this, this, um, this for this GP, this general manager's meeting, I suppose. Um uh, and especially things that are going to affect the next calendar year of of the league action. Um, Gary Bateman did come out uh, and highlight some of those. He did speak to the media on Tuesday to kind of just talk about some of the things the NHL will be looking at uh, moving forward. And I suppose um, kind of just talk about what some of the stuff that did come out of that meeting. The big, the big main one, of the biggest talking point or the biggest talking story is the uh, long term injury reserve salary cap. Um, at the moment, there is this weird loophole um, currently happening um, where um, because of this rule that they brought in, the, the long-term injury reserve cap, uh, or sorry, a long, long-term injury reserve, um, they, it was brought in, if you remember correctly, because of the whole COVID protocols and everything else that was going on. Um, so they brought in it in as a, as a means to kind of obviously bring it in kind of similar to the taxi situation, you know, the, we talked about in previous podcast. Um, and we've seen teams like um, Vegas who have made use of it this year. We've seen Tampa who've made use of it this year um, and a couple of others as well. Um, in that basically the salary cap doesn't apply Um I suppose if a player goes off on the long-term injury um, injury list and they bring in another player to replace them, one of the big things that's happened at the moment is obviously um, the the move towards the playoffs um, and how the salary cap rules didn't apply for bringing players in over the playoff period, um, especially if they were coming if they were um, coming in as injury reserve for a long-term player that's been out, um, and I think Mark Stone is one clear uh, example of that. Um, you know, Vegas are trying to do that with Mark Stone. Um, you know, and obviously there's a big thing around this. Um, and I think one of the big things then around that was, um, you know, how many teams are using that loophole this season? You know, 16, 16 teams in the uh, NHL have been at least one player, sh- uh, have at least one player on the injury reserve, uh, which means a lot of them have moved towards bringing in another sign-in, which is outside of that salary cap. So what they're trying to discuss is around whether or not they're going to stop that or what how they're going to plug that hole, I suppose. Uh, and early discussions are that it doesn't look like it's going to come anytime soon. Um, Gary Bateman has pointed out that there doesn't seem to be any issues with it um, and and kind of downplayed it quite a bit. Um, and it kind of was like, we won't be talking about it any further. So it'd be interesting to see if that rears its head during the, the off-season period before we come into next season to see if that does um, go any further or if they do look to um, kind of figure out how to close that, that loop that's currently happening. Um, one of the other things that came out of the G- GM uh, conversations, um, well, a couple of things. One, the next one was around the World Cup of Hockey. Um, hands up if anybody remembers the World Cup of Hockey. Um, guys, do you, do you remember? Kind of, yeah. There's one hand anyway. Um, I think our main thing with the World Cup of Ho- World Cup of Hockey was that we obviously like our podcast always does we were more focused on the jerseys that came out for the world cup of hockey uh if you remember correctly um but the event is due to take place it will be happening again and it'll be it's been narrowed down to february 2024 um um however um unlike the Basically, Bateman confirmed on Tuesday that the league will not be returning to a format for that and the country will be represented as part of that, um, that Team North America. I also read today that Team Europe were not interested either in playing as part of this World Cup of Hockey either. So whether or not they decide to go ahead with it, especially when you've got um, one of the other big, um, play, one of the big names who... Um, <laughs> who were part of it last time at the was, moment. was Russia um, the fe- our federation yeah. of players from Russia whatever it was called at the time um, they will not obviously be invited either at this time 
if things change, maybe they will be. But at this time, they would be open for GB. Door is open for GB in the World Cup of Hockey. I mean, World let's Cup just face it. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're going, they're going. So it's while it's been discussed and they've suggested that it is going to happen, whether it does or not, it's uh, it's another story. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see. What point can you not call, can you not call yourself the World Cup? Exactly. If you're not, so many places are like Europe, yeah. America. Not in it. Just yeah, call it the Universal it. Cup. Like just just rename it. Yeah, um, the last the last one, I suppose, the last part of it, um, the, the last story that I suppose is significant wise for um, that was discussed at the GM meeting was around the, the salary cap itself um, and about the general suppose, season salary cap. Uh, the NHL is moving to uh, increase that salary cap by one million dollars, but we I think we already kind of knew that we had kind of discussions around that was potentially coming in anyway um and that will be um that will be kind of what it is so it'll be a one one million dollar increase to uh the salary cap starting from i believe next year um that will take place so that'll be an, an interesting one to see if it does have an impact anyway yeah we did we, we, we said that, that was coming. We, we talked in a previous podcast just about how um how inflated um players salaries were starting to get um so we kind of ex- were expecting that uh that additional but that additional additional budget to be set anyway so that salary cap to rise so it's just confirmation that it is happening and it will be on its way so that's really the three main takeaways from from the the gm meetings this week um but i just wanted Did to highlight also those. Notice that in the in the same story they furthered the discussion about the cap and that the the money that the players owe owners through the collective bargaining agreement um, because of the loss of revenue through the pandemic, uh, we've seen this uh, escrow uh, conversation before. I think with lockouts, mm. um, but the the money that is owed back is roughly a billion dollars. Apparently, to owners, they expect that to be paid back by the end of the twenty twenty four twenty five season. Um, and if that comes off, they then fully expect the cap to take a very a much bigger jump up uh, because the players won't owe the owners any more money. So the owners are then in a position. What do they owe the money for? Um, so players, the way that I mean, this escrow thing's really confusing. I've never really fully understood it, but the owners make money off the games, obviously, um, and where certain actions, uh, be it um, the shutdown thanks to the pandemic or reduced crowds or whatever, um, through the collective bargaining agreement, the players owe the owners money as an organization. Um, so the players are all in, obviously, the Players Association and the Players Association owes the owners, the 32 owners, money uh, as a result of that. Um, it's a really weird situation. I've never got my head around it completely. Um, but that is scheduled to be paid back by the end of the 2024-25 season. Um, if that all goes ahead and there's no other restrictions and the players, through any different agreement, through, a, say, a reorganisation of the CBA, as long as that doesn't happen... They expect the cap from 2024, maybe 2025 season, uh, will take another big jump, much more than the million pound jump or million dollar jump. It'll take a much bigger jump, so the, the cap will go up. Um, so you'll probably see a, a return to crazy contracts mm. coming back in. That's crazy. Uh, as oh. that goes up. Um, I thought you were talking, you were going to tell me that they were all put on furlough and they all got. You know, <laughs> no, 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 no. Got paid. Um, they're looking their money back. Did you, did you look at the? Did you look at the annual revenue for the league this season? Five. The was NHL's it five billion? annual revenue this season is going to tip over five billion dollars. That's crazy. That's, that's huge money, especially that's... for a league that ha- operates with a salary cap. That's yeah. that's that's mad. But to be fair, 
it keeps things competitive more than it does in the likes of Premier League football, where you've got two or three teams every season that are competing, or an elite league where it's two or three teams every season are competing for silverware. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, um, before we move on to the penalty box, John, you've got a bit of a um, bit of a sad story coming from the Senators. Yeah, a bit of a sad one this week. Uh, it was announced on uh, the 28th that uh, Eugene Melanick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, had passed away, sadly. Um, he um, owned the Ottawa Senators from uh, since uh, 2003. Um, Commissioner Gary Bettman said that whether it was in the boardroom with his fellow governors, at the rink with his beloved Senators, or in the community with his philanthropy, he cared deeply about the game, about his team, and about bettering the lives of those in need, particularly underserved children, organ donation, and most recently with his commitment to parents' home country of Ukraine. Uh, so he is a, um, a once-removed Ukrainian uh, as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's always sad when a guy who's so clearly well-respected um, by former um, players, current players, um, passes away. And... I think one one reason that this caught my eye, uh, obviously as a story, was the the senators' first game after um, Eugene passed away was in Nashville, um, and Nashville before uh, opening face off actually put up a, a video tribute and asked the crowd to to stand and uh, have a moment silence for Eugene, and there was a uh, a round of kind of sporadic applause for him as well. So clearly a guy who was well respected um, throughout the league and throughout hockey as well. So. Sad news that he's uh, he's passed away, and the league's thoughts were um, with Eugene's daughters uh, Anna and Olivia and his extended family, who all benefited from his generosity. Wow, yeah, and, and nineteen years of, of of owning the club, and and obviously has has touched a lot of a lot of people. Definitely thoughts for, uh, are with the, the the family and the friends, and of course the fans. Yep, very sad. I think that brings us into the the main part of. Of period two, uh, we're on to the penalty box uh, where we have two fines. Yep. Let me Who just, put those in? Let me just throw up our our, our penalty or box segment and the then we'll. Um, yes. Uh, answer your question. Um, the penalty box segment um, is where we throw in any other story similar to period one. Uh, I threw in these two um, for this period. Um, there was two uh, stories hitting dop coming out from dops in the NHL um, as of <clears throat> today. Uh, both incidents happening since um, well, one apps one one. Uh, I should mention one was um, from. Um, no, I think both were from, both from today. Uh, yep, both uh, announced this um, this afternoon. Uh, the first one is um, obviously f- uh, a known player for 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 uh, John there, uh, Nashville Predators forward Tanner Janet Jan- Janet 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 Tanner Geno Geno uh, has been fined two thousand dollars, the maximum allowed under the collective bargaining agreement for Neen Ottawa Senators forward Brad Tushik during the NHL game nine number one oh six four in Nashville um, on Tuesday night. So that was last night. And the other one uh, was Tyler Hall um, has been fined five thousand dollars for roughing in the game against the Maple Leafs, which I mentioned earlier on, in which uh, Lebrushkin. That um, second one, I've seen this. This has been getting talked a lot. On social well, media. this is why I wanted um, to bring it up. The Taylor yep. Hall, yeah, it's a clear sucker punch. Now, don't get me wrong; the the previous hit um, is is not fantastic. It's borderline boarding. Yeah. Um, but 
it doesn't give them the right to stand up and sucker punch someone. And the fact that under the CBA, all he gets is five grand. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. Yeah, that, that was shot. This was the story. This was the one I actually was kind of wanting to get your thoughts on because I wasn't sure if you'd seen it or not. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, we uh, the, the the Leafs um lost three players last night from injury. Um, but Labrushkin um you know has went out and didn't return to the game and is is out obviously from um but it was a sucker punch sucker punch no matter what um it's a sucker it, punch but it's a it's a funny one don't get me wrong I, I, do, I'm do you absolutely feel, sure i'm absolutely sure he's injured okay? obviously i'm looking at from a i'm looking at from a with my with my uh leafs glasses on you know my, my blue tinted glasses um i mean i seen it as quite um aggressive and i felt that he got off quite easy um for for you know that I, I feel that he didn't get what he deserved in terms of the it should have been a I think a fine as well a, a, not only just a fine but also it should be a game ban am I am I too harsh do you would you not agree no 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 I mean the the hit the hit's cowardly uh, it's and we're seeing it more because the fighting is disappearing out of the game and there aren't tough guys there aren't enforcers on the ice that guys are that guys are scared of taylor hall doesn't ha- doesn't see anyone on the ice for the leafs that he's overly worried about that he can go in and throw a gloved hand at a guy's chin from behind him um so he, he's he's gonna do it um what the league then has to do to counter this is figure out is a five grand fine enough or do we actually have to start banning these because that's that's a position where um Lubushkin is not able to defend himself. He's an unwilling combatant. Um, it's coming from behind as well. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, to- it's a total sucker punch, totally from behind. If he falls and hits his head, which I think is probably the mechanism of injury, because I don't think that the punch is enough to cause an injury. Now, there's another um, Bruins player that comes in, delivers a bit of a cross check on the ice as well, which I'm, I'm, I don't like. Um, the Bushkin's on the ice and he gets a, a sort of secondary tap between the shoulder blades with the stick from the, the second player and that's not seemingly getting talked about. The first punch is the is the problem. Um, but if he falls awkwardly and hits his head harder than what he does, that's potentially a really serious injury. And in this day and age where head trauma is being talked about the way it is, um, and I'm I'm not entirely sure that it's percolated into the NHL yet about the the risk. I mean, we've seen the NFL and its resistance about CTE and what that can do to people and what the evidence shows that it does to people. There's clear evidence of it happening in um in ice hockey as well. It's just not spoken about properly. Now there are new concussion protocols and and all the rest of it, but a concussion protocol is not going to cover a sucker punch. And unless the league is going to take a stance against it, more of it's going to happen. Mm. And and that's just the reality. Five grand to these guys, it's nothing. It's chump change. We've just finished talking about the fact the cap's going to go up by a million dollars. Like, five grand? Five grand. I was going to ask, when, when, do they, when do they pay this? Does it, does, do they like just say, stick it on my tab and I'll pay it at the end of the year? What, well, like, well, it, what? Goes, it, it all <laughs> goes to the NHL Player Association, to the Players Fund. Yeah. Um, so that fund is... I know, but to, like, when do they pay it? Do they pay right. it there and then? Yeah, or? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is that's money that just falls out of these guys' pockets, and they don't even realize it. I mean, that's yeah. that's like you or me losing a one or two pound coin. Like, <laughs> hey, 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 I'd go after that one or two pound coin. So I would. <laughs> <laughs> I might, as long as it didn't fall down the drain, or it was too much of a hassle to grab it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, like we jest. But I mean, that it's currently hit. 
I'd like to think yeah. that the next time that these two teams come together, I don't know if you guys have any regular season games left against the Bruins, but someone's going to make no. them ring the bell. Yeah, there's not. No. Um, so, look, if it comes to playoffs and it, it starts a bit of a, a bad blood history from, well, there's already a bad blood history between the two teams, let's be honest. Uh, normally it's an absolute massacre for the Leafs, um, especially in playoffs. But, uh, look, if that's something that fires up the Leafs going into it, you don't want to see anyone injured. Nobody should get injured, uh, go and do their job. But, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it gives them something for, for the playoffs. Yep, indeed. Um, that was it. That's my that's my two Um for this um so that takes us to the end of the penalty box segment um which means we're moving on to our final period and our period three of hockey before i even start i mean marty hijacking the end of period two there i mean oof that was cold cold that's uh- I, 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 it was obviously, I forgot about this, the, the, the animation. He had to take control. He had to, yep, he had to. Anyway, period three is our general <laughs> knocking news, uh, where we talk <laughs> anything and everything else in the world of hockey. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get a stern talking to you afterwards. <laughs> you might Can't forget mean, about the animations. You might, you might get a verbal warning when we, uh, we start recording here. Um, Stuck period the three. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going with period three because I don't want to get spoken to after this as yep. well either. Let's move um, on. Period three is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we think needs to be spoken about. Um, Marty, I'm going to start with you because the first story that you have there is I did notice it when it came out and I totally forgot to throw it in the running order. It's fantastic news coming out of Belfast. Yeah, um, this is the news coming out, uh, as you say, out of Belfast um, about the, the, the team up, I suppose, of the Belfast Giants with Disability Sport NI. Um, as part, After the winter, obviously the Par- Winter Paralympics has just finished um, and if anybody had watched the Winter Paralympics, you will have seen the, um, sl- the I suppose, the, the sledge hockey um tournament as part of paris yeah sledge hockey is what they refer to it as for for this initiative um but obviously the department of communities here in northern ireland has funded the purchase of 24 disability sledges uh which will allow the odyssey trust to open up uh, its on ice programs and activities to people with physical disabilities so there's twenty thousand pound investment has been put in by the department uh, which has enabled uh a inclusive access to ice hockey and um other ice hockey or on ice activities um for disabled participants and spectators um to allow them to actively participate as well um and creating no limits i suppose is what their big thing is as well um and opening up that gateway um to accessibility um this is a massive announcement um it follows it, it does follow a launch of a, of a program in northern ireland um what's called active living strategy for sports and physical activity i know a tiny bit about it but obviously from 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 my work um obviously there's a, a big initiative going on in northern ireland um for disability sport in general um to try and make it more inclusive Inclusive um, and and create a more strategic approach to ensure that uh, moving forward any sports um, in Northern Ireland um, are fully inclusive in, in whatever way through this new strategy program that they're running. Um, it's been a big massive program that's run alongside a number of the the, the major uh, eight of the major disability organisations in Northern Ireland. Um, so this is a great initiative that um, obviously is 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 very welcome um at this time um they should say that um this will be implemented as part of obviously the the odyssey ice academy um and the fresh start program that they do i think we we know of that you've seen it probably yourselves guys i mean we've seen in the heroes program and a couple of other initiatives that the giants do um during the off season um and this is just going to i suppose tag on to that 
but also more more so um it's gonna i think the, the idea is that it's gonna be part of an outreach program a wider outreach program to create more I suppose um popularity for it um and allow others to obviously get involved with 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 the game itself um steve thornton did mention and he had he had made a comment or he did make a statement um as part of the belfast giants for um you know stating that about how they are committed to promoting equality and inclusivity in the sports opportunities um and that, that this new initiative will create great opportunities to widen that um, ice hockey sport or ice sports in northern ireland so it's great timing it's great news um and i think that the fact that they're able to um you know bring in this after the you know obviously after a big winter sports winter olympics you know um tag on to the end of continue with the trend of you know the popularity of it when it's fresh in people's minds i think this is a great opportunity and it's a it's a great moving forward so we'll we'll, we'll be uh happy to hear we'll be glad to see some further things on this and, and we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on that um moving forward through the rest of this uh well the rest of this year no, absolutely and it's great to see more investment in it as well i mean that that's just adding more value to the ice at the odyssey and definitely clearly puts more more pressure on second ice pad um because as uptake of this increases as the uptake of the juniors progresses the outreach programs that they already do through the ice academy you throw in uh sledge or para ice hockey into that as well you're realistically dundonald is a business in itself if you're looking to bring draw this stuff in you need a permanent ice pad and the only way we get that is through a second pad, which hopefully isn't too far away in the future for Belfast. Uh, I'm just guys, saying, just what, what we talked about with the the, the the GB game, obviously the the, the youth programme's working. Yep. Yeah, massively. Yep. Yep. It's working, but there's there's improvements and there's there's ways to go um, for yes, more, yes. more participation, more youth participation and more of these local guys that we've seen we've seen a couple of them already come through into the giants we're looking at more coming through now hopefully uh, but i mean one day you could be looking at all the brits and the belfast giants team being from belfast and i mean how amazing would that be uh be guys awesome. before i move on i've got some bad news sheffield steelers have beaten the manchester storm three nil um so Manchester not able to do us any favors tonight. Thanks for nothing, guys. Yeah, I just. Um, <laughs> and in more bad news, Marty, we're going to talk about Justin Bieber. <sighs> yeah, um, forgive me for. We're going to talk about jerseys. But we're going to talk about jerseys exactly. Um, the uh, the I said Belfast Giants. Nope, not Belfast Giants. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, this week, uh, last week, um, revealed a, a, a I suppose a. A deal that was done or a design that has been created by Justin Bieber. Um, yes, Justin Bieber, I know. Uh, but he has designed a, a Toronto exclusive Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Um, and I would say, will they sell it quite quickly? They're one-off kind. There are limited edition sales of them. Um, kind of a as soon as they're sold, they're gone kind of they're idea. limited edition until you can get them from China. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Maple Leafs did tweet out footage of Bieber's visit um, to the um, obviously uh, to to the rink um, uh, while also re- revealing the reversible hockey jersey. It is the first of its kind to be released in North American professional sports, and it was designed in partnership with Adidas NHL uh, with Justin Bieber's designs in mind. Um, the jersey itself, guys, you've seen it. Uh, we shared it in our group chat, but um, we will throw it up. It is a reversible jersey, um, black standard. Um, it's a black jersey, um, standard Toronto Maple Leafs uh, leaf on the front um, in blue. Uh, and the inside reverse is a leaf within a leaf uh, with a kind of a, well, we'll steal John's gold colour. Um, it's a yellow colour um, and the leaf itself is a smiley face, which I thought 
I, I just thought that's genius. I like it. I really like it. Um, <laughs> but it is an interesting take. Um, I mean, you know, a, a reversible jersey. John, even you had a positive thing to say about this. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic thing. I mean, look, I'm Scottish. Everyone knows this. I love a deal. You buy this jersey, you get two jerseys. <laughs> two for one. <laughs> you get two for one. I love a deal. I absolutely love a deal. Um, I, I, I do more than anything. Uh, I love the the link up because um, this is a social enterprise um, that I think that Justin is involved in, um, and it's it, it's a Toronto based social enterprise. Uh, the fact that these guys are producing these and uh, money from these goes back into the Toronto community uh, is absolutely fantastic. Um, my only question would be when uh, when Justin visited the locker room, do you think he walked over the logo again? I would say he probably learned from the last time not to. Never know, never know. What do you think? So, Marty, what do you think of them? Do you like I, them? I like them. I, I I like them, and I would like to buy one. Um, it's one. Of, it's one of the first times I think we all looked at a jersey and we all went, actually, yeah, they're they're good. Not bad. That's, that's, a yeah. good, that's a good jersey. I really do like it. Um, and as I say, it's definitely one I would consider buying. I, I, I did chat to the guys. I, I, I put this in our, in our group chat um, last week when we were talking, whenever, John, you'd, you'd posted it first before I posted it. Um, but it does remind me, um, and I kind of highlight this, um, back in the day, whenever I, prior to um, I find my, uh, I find hockey, um, I, I was a Premier League fan and I was a Manchester United fan um judge me how you will whatever um but they do remind do. me they do remind I me of <laughs> they do remind me of i think as i said to you guys i think it's actually early 2000s i think it was maybe like 2001 the united uh man united brought out a reversible um a reversible top as well at the time it was white on one side and gold on the other and it was the first time a, a premier league team had done something of similar and i was like oh that's only taken like what like 20 odd years for another team somewhere in a different league to do something similar but definitely great um i really like them um but to be honest when do you think reason- the giants one's coming out <laughs> i doubt that will happen at all trying to get do you think home. we can get Bieber to do ours <laughs> trying to I'm get just thinking about how difficult it would be so two jerseys together inside out Trying to get them to print one side is hard enough. Trying to get them to do two. Not even print. I'm thinking, do I? can I take that jersey and that jersey, which are both this season? One's obviously pride. One is like standard. Can I fold one inside out and then stitch the two of them together so that I go from teal to white? And realize the action is clearly just for the YouTube yeah, uh, really. viewers. Exactly. <laughs> but, I was just thinking that. I should explain that. Uh, um, the other thing it's is a, well, it's a difficult so, concept, but probably easier just to get a double sided jersey made. If if you had to get a local celebrity to design a Belfast Giants jersey, I know, I already know this. I already know this. So I rem- this is one of the few memories I have of that Challenge Cup, and I remember saying to you guys at the time during the game, we obviously went two 0 down, and I noticed in one of the boxes just opposite me. Jimmy Nesbitt. It's because they pointed it out. They called it out over the... I <laughs> you didn't it spot it. No, no, no. I did. I spotted it before. <laughs> I did. I spotted it before. I was like, that's Jimmy Nesbitt. And then I messaged you guys as the announcement came out that, oh my God, Jimmy Nesbitt's in. So 2-0 down. Nothing was happening. I mean, nothing was happening on the ice. Giants weren't performing. He wasn't in a Giants jersey. And then the third period... All of a sudden, Jimmy Nesbitt appears after the period break wearing a teal Giants jersey. I mean, if that's not 
if that's not showing you, that's that's the luck so right want, there. So you want James Nesbitt to design the jersey? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I want him to design it. I want him to produce it. I want him to sign every single one of them. I, I want every star a series. I want, yeah, absolutely. I want a crime drama all about this this jersey being produced. Uh, I want it filmed in Belfast. I want the cutscenes to make no sense about where you go. I want them to go from outside the Odyssey to somehow being in the Cathedral Quarter all of a sudden, round the corner. <laughs> like I want all yep. of that. But yep, hundred percent, Jimmy Nesbitt. Challenge, challenge what? cup mascot Jimmy Nesbitt. <laughs> That's what uh, it's, different. it's different. Uh, sorry, you asked a question, Aaron. I answered it, and then I was about to move on. Who would you get? No, no, that's a hair. I'm uh, Marty. Have you any ideas? Of who would you like? Having a clue. Maybe Fredericks. Oh, definitely not. No. <laughs> Is he, is he a celebrity? Not really. Uh, anybody, no. outside, anybody outside of Belfast won't really even know who he is, uh, or, or who Mamie McFetters is. Sorry, um, wouldn't know who she is. Um, Who's the, who will be the biggest? Gary Lightbody. No, well, you know, we've also... I mean, he's banger, but I mean, Gary Lightbody. Man from Fifty Shades. What do you call him? Jimmy, Jimmy Dornan. Dornan. He's he's all he's everywhere at the moment. Liam ne- Never Liam, seen him at the SSE though. Liam Neeson. He was Neeson? A, he was a jet. Liam Neeson. He was a Jedi. <gasps> you know. <laughs> Neeson's a good shout, actually. It's a yeah. big jersey, yeah. though. That's a big jersey. Um, uh, speaking of jerseys, I've, we'll move on, and you do have another one, Marty. You yeah, there's just, just one, there one more of note, uh, because Dave will kill us if we or, yep. uh, if we didn't mention it. Uh, last night was uh, Minnesota Wild's Pride Night, um, Hockey is for Everyone Night um, in, in Minnesota itself, and they had exclusive uh, warm-up jerseys last night, um, obviously for, for the game. Um, they're really, really nice, lovely little details on the uh, on the jersey itself, between from the, right from the numbers right through to the uh, logo on the front um beautiful contrasting with the colors of the rainbow going through it lovely and clean um, really clean, really nice jersey. beautiful and even the little uh logo in the center part as well is just it's just it was really really nice done um, it's so stuff thought, like that that their logo really lends itself to yeah because yeah. doing those colors on that sort of cut out logo that not a lot of teams have that sort of space inside their logo um it's very much like the the Leafs uh, reversible one from the inside where they've gone with the leaf inside the leaf yep. and it makes it look really nice. That design work that's been done in that one is just brilliant. Absolutely love it. Really, really nice jersey. Yeah. And I love the touch they did as well. It wasn't just about the jerseys. It was about the rest of the night as well. So even the players' nameplates yep. on their stalls were all mm-hmm. done up as well to yep. make the point that this is an event. It's not just a jersey. It's an event in that Fantastic. arena. So that was that was brilliant. Yeah, and it helped that they it helps that they won. Sorry, sorry, Aaron. Um, four one drumming yeah. off Philadelphia, but sorry. That was the Philly game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. Yeah. Yes, let's move on. It's all right. Let's let's move on. Um. Guys, there's only epic jerseys. More, yeah, they're epic jerseys. There's only one more story, and I think we all found this about the same time. But Dave was the first one to throw it in our group chat, so we are going to talk about it. Um, the MSU Mankato topped the BSU um, in one of the craziest ever finishes to a college hockey game. I've watched this back and forth. This is a juniors uh, tournament. Um, and this is a game to decide who goes on to, I think, the state finals yep. as well. But this is still a trophy game. Um, the um, bet, bet, oh wow, Marty, normally, normally it's you tripping up on uh, these uh, names. 
the Bemidji. That's why Marty and I are just sitting here in silence. We were like, yeah, let's let let John tackle this. (laughs) Thanks for interrupting me once I thought I'd said it properly. The Bemidji State men's hockey team lost to Minnesota State 2-1 in overtime. Uh, The Mavericks, oh, there's the easier name. The Mavericks scored an apparent game-winning goal um, in three minutes in overtime. So the game was tied up, went to overtime, and it looked like the Mavericks had scored this. Now, from here, I'm going to not read straight from this because I've actually watched the video and it's nuts. So the goal goes in. The celebrations erupt on the ice. Um, Everyone goes nuts. You get the big uh, crowd round. And gloves and helmets and sticks and everything are thrown up into the air. And everything progresses. Uh, The losing team leave the ice. And the winning team kind of mill about for a while while little tables are brought out, the trophies plonked down. So probably five or six minutes goes past and finally a trophy presentation happens. So team, yay, holds a trophy up, does their skate around, they do their three stars, the man of the match, the game winning goal, man of the match is awarded um, and that's all fine and uh, the guys are ready to leave the ice. Except... Well, all uh, of this is even, happening. The, the, surely, surely the, the fans left as well. The, yep. the, so a lot of fans. Uh, so they did, uh, they did so everything. F- so far, fans had... Yeah, most, yeah. Most the of fans the, had left the, the stadium. Was, most of the arena was empty. Most of the arena yep. was empty. Turns out, during all this, the referees were reviewing the goal but didn't tell anyone. <laughs> and as it turns out, it wasn't a goal because the net wasn't sitting correctly on the ice. The puck went underneath the net underneath beyond the post at the side of the net and into the back of the net making it look like it had been a goal so it was called back more than an hour after the phantom game winning goal was scored and they had to start playing again Um, two minutes into that overtime after it continued so we're now what maybe five six minutes into overtime um, they they actually scored uh, different score this time but the same team the Mavericks scored the goal um, and the presentations were somewhat muted after that the the trophy was basically just I, what, what, thrown was, at them was there even a presentation I thought they just like scored the goal thanks very much and went off scored, the ice again there, I think the trophy was handed but the, the biggest thing was there wasn't another man of the match given mm, no. so the man of the match stands as the guy who didn't score the game, the game-winning goal, who actually scored an illegitimate <laughs> goal completely. Now the the team result doesn't end, but the fact that it was over an hour, so they actually had to come mm. back out and get them to do warm-ups again because half the players were stripped down, cooled down. Half of them were probably in whatever they were going to wear to go home. Um, I'm absolutely sure that a couple of the Mavericks players probably had a couple of beers as well well, then, well, well, well well we'll not say that they were because they were they were in it's like college surely it's is it, was it high school or university or they, surely they're on their age i don't know there's bound to be something in there there was light beers in the changing room i'm sure there was, yes, yes. Drink, respons- <laughs> drink, res- drink responsible drink. Kids. A couple of ca- they had a couple of capri suns all right they had a couple of capri suns they were they were too many red bulls had a bit of a buzz on and it came out but look they still won the game um, but Crazy it is either. one of the wildest yeah. there's a couple of different video sort of montages out there of it we'll, we'll find one of them and we'll throw it up on the website if you haven't seen this already it is wild and how I mean, different the story the would have way, been if they had lost yeah, yeah. if that had gone the other way that's a totally different situation completely but even then it's imagine reviewing the goal for so long and then 
letting everything else happen, why wouldn't those refs go and say something? It's like, guys, maybe calm down and give us give us ten minutes. We're we're actually reviewing this. Can you imagine the Challenge Cup? We won the Challenge Cup it in overtime, though. and there was a review. So can you imagine mm-hmm. if rather than the the two teams standing on the ice the way that they did, all of us watching, and for the next twenty minutes. The refs were in there reviewing the goal, couldn't make a decision, couldn't make a decision. Meanwhile, the Giants are awarded the Challenge Cup. And all of a sudden it's called back because we haven't actually won. Can you imagine? I mean, I think we'd be talking about this in very different terms because obviously we're Giants. So what do you call what do you call the guy that um, that got the winning goal? Uh late. No. Hang on. It was late. It was late. No, 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 not, sorry, not our winning goal. The oh, for the oh, winning right, goal. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. The piece doesn't actually say who got the winner. Um, and it doesn't say who got the goal, the goal that wasn't either. I just know from a video that I've seen, it was a different score. Uh, so I don't know how you sort all that out. But uh, that's that's what happened. And look, if you haven't watched it, go go ahead and watch it. It's it's fantastic. Um Guys, is there anything else then for period three? Because I think if not, that rounds us off on that period. Um, I am very quickly going back through my phone because I've got to find something. Um, That brings us on to the star segment. Uh, The star segment then is where we get to point out something uh, or someone, a play, a goal, a person. Um, Normally it's in hockey, but given a lot of the subject matter from our last podcast three weeks ago... um, I had a slightly different um, nomination last time. So last time, there were only two nominations, um, both of which included me. Um, so no matter what, I'm a winner here. Um, my nomination was Hold the on. Ukrainian... I thought we weren't allowed to, to nominate twice. No, 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 no. Hang on. Hang no, on. no, no, no. There's you, a story You here. get it wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. My nomination was Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky for everything that he's been doing over the last month and a half of the Russian invasion. Uh, He's been doing an absolutely sterling job. There was a fan nomination, which was me, for my performance, shall we say, on the um, shootout competition on the ice a few weeks ago. Um, Interesting story, guys. Uh, Do you know what I was supposed to be doing on Saturday? Saturday passed? Yeah. Did they call you for it and Saturday passed? James Glover phoned me on Saturday and asked if I was going to be at the game and I had to tell him that I was in COVID isolation. So the story currently is that they're going to try and reschedule it. I guarantee I'm going to get a phone call this weekend. Yeah, when do you want to go away. off you instead? <laughs> um, so I am going to ask him because after that, the only home games that are left are um, the final weekend, which I should be at. But there's still two shootouts to do. So there's my semi-final and the final. So I might have to ask him if I can nominate somebody to go on for me. Um, obviously, Marty, it would probably be you because you're the one that I can probably guarantee you'll be at the game. Um, so if if you're willing and look, if if it comes, if I get the call and if James is okay with it, then you might be stepping up for me. Um, or... I may have just screwed it all by announcing it here on the podcast. You never know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that's my interesting story out of the way. Um, but I do want to confirm from the last competition that, uh, in fact, I am the winner. Um, and I am the winner through my nomination of Vladimir Zelensky. But let's be honest, he's the winner. 
Vladimir Zelensky is the winner. He took it with 86% of the vote. So, yeah, I, <laughs> he, he, it, he definitely it was takes a tough, the win. It was a I, tough I, competition. I yeah. Uh, like, I'm, I'm probably sure he'd probably beat me in the shootout competition. As <laughs> I well. wonder. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I, lo- I love that there's still some votes went towards John. <laughs> Anyway, I thought it was going to be one hundred percent, but yeah. I, assu- I assume I assume those are from uh, John. John, be honest. Did you vote for yourself? I didn't. He's I actually, created four I Twitter vote, accounts I mean, for himself. I mean, yes, yes, and no. I didn't vote for myself. I mean, I voted for my nomination. I voted for okay. Zelensky. Um, but I mean, yes, I voted for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, kind of mm-hmm. weird. Um, I didn't cast a vote on the door fourteen Twitter. I'll have you know, though. Um, I, I did. I left that because I thought that was a conflict of interest uh, if I'd uh, taken control of the podcast <laughs> Twitter and cast a vote that way. Um, guys, this time around, um, I have put down a nomination. It's currently the only nomination on the sheet. Um, considering what I've put down, I don't think we're going to get another nomination. Um, and I think we can probably go from putting out a poll to actually just moving to announce the, the winner of this podcast. Uh star segment and we've talked about it a couple of times it's Ben Lake it's got to be Ben Lake Challenge Cup overtime winner uh, first trophy of the season uh, lifted on home ice it's not going to be anyone else you could have made an argument for Tyler Beskarwani uh, during that game as well um, absolutely kept us in it even at two goals down it could have been a lot lot worse uh, but there's only one guy can get a game-winning goal, and on that occasion, it was Ben Lake. So congratulations to Ben Lake. Yet again, I'm nominated it. I'm the winner. I mean, that's that's the repeat. That might even be the three-peat for me on the star segment. Um, so, I mean, say what you will, but <coughs> I know my stars. Um, <laughs> Marty, I don't think there's any overtime this time. Again, this nope. is the second podcast in a row, the overtime. Yeah, nothing, nothing for this week. Uh, no other unlike, stories. Unlike championship games across the world, there is no overtime. No. Uh, no additional stories to talk about um, in the overtime segment. Uh, nothing coming in um, on Twitter this week. So no questions to put to uh, the, the group. Um, so yes, no overtime segment, but we do have one segment left of this podcast and it is one of our favourite segments. Hopefully he has it ready. He's looking like quite like... I do. Oh, yay! Uh, with that then, what we'll do is we'll move on to our last pe- our last segment for the episode and that is our ABCs of hockey. <laughs> John's already asleep. Oh, what? Sorry. <clears throat> oh, see if the actors are on our I know, such a good tune. Every time sorry. Our ABCs wow. of hockey. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I, had to, I was looking over my shoulder there through, through that animation because you can actually see over my shoulder the actual book of ABCs of hockey, which is on T. Can you see that? Can that's you, that's yeah. incredible product placement. If only we were being sponsored yeah. by them. If only, if only. Um, so we are on the letter S this week. Um, and of course, just like any other week before, I tell you what the letter S stands for in the ABCs of hockey. I want to throw it out there and see what she can come up with for for us. Anything to do with? I mean, if you're hockey. talking elite league and you're talking about some of our referees, got to be slashing. Mm. Slashing. Slap shot. Marty. Slap shot. Slap shot. It is 
slashing. Yes. Oh. Well done, Jack. <laughs> that was one of the things I was going to ask you. What's the referee <laughs> calling for, for slashing? And John's what was the, sorry, what was the question? John, you you sh- you show or you tell the world what the the, the referee symbol for for slashing is symbol. We've seen we've, we've seen it quite a lot from uh, some elite league uh, referees, couple in particular, but uh, the slashing call is <laughs> is that <laughs> for the for the audio <laughs> list? Describe for that? the audio listeners. Can you describe it, please? <laughs> so, uh, you one one arm is out in front of the referee, while the other one comes down in a downward sweeping motion to cross <laughs> the forearm. And that is a slasher. Yes, ball. well done. Um, can I the just say the referee will hold out one arm using the other arm will make a chopping motion and contact the extended forearm. There you go, jo- Marty. I thought you were going to say something. There. I was just going to say um, slightly off topic, but still on topic. Uh, John, your um, your knowledge and your use of. Um, of the referee signal um is have been has been noted um a few people had mentioned to me at the weekend at the game they were like i like the 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 twitter post that he's put up about the the game being yeah um delay yeah, it was very good um and I, I, so i just wanted to acknowledge that and and say i'm great gonna job. be totally honest i can't take any credit for the image or anything because i'm just a fantastic googler <laughs> like that's that's all that's all i did was google uh, delay of delay of game and uh, using my expert Photoshop skills, I managed to throw in our logo. Uh, so I mean, like, never mind your Matty Harvey's. Just if anyone's got any graphic design work they need done, I, you can look at some of my work on the Door Fourteen Instagram or the Door Fourteen Twitter. Uh, just come at me. I mean, come at me with the Give right John money. Twenty come minutes at me, on the come Google. At me with, come at me with the <laughs> oh. right money you too can have some john ford graphic design amazing you can sell them as uh nfts uh aaron sorry back to you yeah so uh, basically um it, it is slashing um now of course i can't tell you what the official rule is for slashing on the the ehl because we can't sorry, we don't have none, the, none, of the, none of the refs can tell you either because it changes <laughs> no no so, so i do have the the official nhl slashing rule text which is rule 61 there you go. So close. So to close. Rule. So close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> I really want to know what that rule is now. Never mind slashing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find that out for the next time. Uh, slashing is the act of a player swinging his stick at an opponent, whether contact is made or not. Uh, non-aggressive stick contact to the pa- pant or front of the shin guards should be uh, penalized as but slashing. Don't, you don't want to be touching your stick to somebody else's pants. No, definitely not. Or stick to stick. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it's gone mad. Oh, it's I'm gone just write mad. That down. Sorry. Well, I've, well, I've got it's it. all yeah. gone wrong. A forceful and short... <laughs> I can't continue. A forceful and powerful chop with the stick on an opponent's body, the opponent's stick, or near the opponent's hands um, in the judgment of the referee is not an attempt to play the puck shall be penalized as slashing. 
Puck to puck, punt to punt, stick to stick, whatever it is, it's slashing. <laughs> um, just to just to go back um, on your question, John, uh, rule number 69 in the NHL is interfering with a goalie. So it's goalie interference. Uh, incidental contact <laughs> incidental contact right. with a goalkeeper will be per- will be permitted and result in, and resulting goals allowed. When such contact is uh, initiated outside of the goal crease, providing the attacker player has made a reasonable effort to avoid such contact. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's goalie interference, basically. Yeah, sorry. So 69 is interfering with a, with a goalie? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't get the net. None of us know where to go from here. <laughs> I'll take over then. Um, thank you, Aaron. That was uh, very knowledgeable as usual. So thank you very much. Um, that takes us to the end of this week's episode and this week's podcast. Um, and we'll just round off the way we normally do. Um, check out our previous episodes, this episode and all the content we've talked about in this episode, all of the images on the jerseys and stuff we've talked about and videos will be on our website, door14hockey.com. Uh, check out uh, our social media channels, get involved, send us your nominations for Star of the Week, send us your questions, your comments, any stories that you see, we'll gladly take them. Uh, and you can check us out on all social media uh, channels, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at door14hockey. Uh, check out our, if, if on your preferred choice of podcast provider, whatever that be, uh, if you can leave us a review um, and, and some nice things, let us know what you think. Um, and also it helps us with our uh, ratings and all that sort of stuff and, and whatever else. Um, so we appreciate that too. Um, with that, I think that takes us to the end and we can happily sign off for this week. I'm Marty. I'm John. I'm Aaron. Have a great week. 